You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. On 98.1 WQAQ. Driving forward. He's diving to the goal line. It's the goal line. A touchdown. And a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Is this the tiger? Black leather glove, no sequence. Buckles on the jacket, it's elite shit. Nike crossbody, got a piece in it. Welcome everybody to the Mac and Main Show. Quarantine edition number three. We are so sorry that we were not able to be with you guys last week. Had to take a little bit of a content break, but we are back today. EK Plays and Joe LaGrippo are our special guests. Eric is here first. Joe will be joining us in the second half of the show. Eric, how is quarantine going, my man? Because, you know, we haven't heard from you. We were planning on doing uh, like a two-hour collab show with you and And One of – it was going to be like 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., just running straight March Madness. Obviously, that got called off uh, due to quarantine. But, Eric, tell us how you're doing, man. How's life uh, How's life treating you in the, in the Kerr household? Well, Jack, first of all, and Steve, too, thanks for having me on the Mac and Main show again. I love being on with you guys and uh, really appreciate the offer. Um, man, honestly, it's just, you know, it's been kind of what everyone else is doing, just getting my work done, doing my thing. Uh, having to spend a lot more time with my sister. So sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not so good. My dad actually is complaining a couple times because both my sister and I have been staying up like really late. Like one time, like at like two o'clock in the morning, she just like makes a whole batch of cookies. I walk downstairs. I get the huge whiff as soon as I leave my room, which is like about three floors up too. So if it, I'm hearing it, if I'm smelling it from that far away, then you know, you know, she's making something. So, and they were good. Of course I had a couple cookies, but. Well, yeah, it's been been good. But also, been working on EK plays a lot more too. So, that's yeah, been big. I want to plug that uh, that YouTube page. You just released a uh, a video of the top twenty five YouTube basketball stars, and I was kind of upset because they did. My little brother and I we watch more like to make fun of him, but uh, but flight reacts. He has like he he has like the videos about like look at Curry, man. But like. I was like, wait, yeah, no, he's like he, he's pretty nasty on the court. Though I'm surprised you didn't you didn't add him in. That's that's my that's my, my little two cents. But I did put him in the thumbnail. But uh, I think if this list was made in June, flight definitely would have been on the list. But sadly, it's April, so just a couple go, months out. Go go and check out EK plays. Uh, is it at EK plays on YouTube? It's uh so it's EK plays EK space plays on YouTube. Oh so yeah. Just type oh, in yeah. EK plays and you'll find it. Getting so, 200 subs. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, so We're on the road, on the road. So, talking about we we've had our guests on. We've had uh, Jacob Resnick. We've had Will Fowler on. We've had um, Pat ever Pitts. since what? Yeah, Pat Pitts. I'm completely, completely blanking on him. But uh, ever since the quarantine kind of happened, obviously things are kind of derailed it in the world of sports. Now we got baseball wants to come back. The NBA is thinking about the playoffs it, possibly because they're already that deep in of possibly having something, but in your eyes, you've been asking everyone this, where do you think the state of uh, basketball specifically, because basketball is your big thing, where do you think people are kind of looking at in terms of the playoffs, what Adam Silver's thinking about, just like how the general thing is and and what the NBA is doing to kind of counteract the quarantine? 
Yeah, so I actually dug into this this morning, and uh, ESPN uh, NBA insider Brian Windhorst actually kind of cleared up the, the misinformation. Basically, the NBA is going to do like a 25-day plan where the first 11 days is going to be, you know, working out of your home, but make sure you're still socially distancing from other teammates and stuff that kind of make sure the effects go down a little bit more. And then the next like 14 days after that will be like mini training camps. So like two weeks, they'll get back to like, you know, doing workouts and stuff. Uh, but that's all we know. We don't really know when exactly they're coming back. We don't know exactly um, when, if they're going to jump into the regular season or go in the playoffs. So uh, that's kind of the big thing. Adam Silver hasn't really closed anything. Personally, in my opinion, I think that the NBA should just go straight to the playoffs. There's only like 17 games of the season. And even though there is some battling going on for like the bottom two seeds of each conference, I think at this point, with so much time being delayed already, you got to jump into the playoffs. So that way, the next season doesn't get delayed in itself. So I think that should be the best plan going forward. Granted, I'm not the GM. I'm not on the silver. I can't make a decision. But we'll just have to see what happens. One thing that was kind of said, LeBron James was like, we need about two weeks of games before we are prepared for the playoffs. Uh, basketball is definitely a game of momentum. And, and when you have a long layoff in the middle of your season, no less, do you think that it's fair to just go ahead and jump straight into the playoffs? Or do you think it's, it, it is necessary to have a couple well, of games to get, to get back into the swing of things? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, before the regular season even starts, right, they have two, like, preseason games that they do along with the training camp sessions. So maybe maybe they could do two regular season games before that, but I don't think there should be any more. That is a very good point. You know, basketball is all about momentum. And it sucks for the teams that were, you know, really starting to get hot with their new system. Like, the Houston Rockets are a great example of that. They were starting to get on a winning streak without having centers in their team. And the style was throwing everybody off. But now everyone's going to have time to rest, a little time to figure you got like strategies to how to handle different teams and that you know same kind of style may not work in a few months or so when the NBA hopefully comes back in about June so it's tricky I think it should be like maybe no more than two or three regular season games kind of what they do in the preseason but I think if you just have more than that the season uh the season's going to be more drawn out and I don't think it's going to be it's going to cut into the next season for sure so that that's just my take on it but I do understand your point it's certainly going to be difficult, too, when it comes to the, with the playoffs starting up. Obviously, like you said, everything's about momentum. So having teams mm-hmm. kind of just walk right into the playoffs, you have, you have your teams up. It's going to be, be watching almost like an all-star game in the first game where it's just like it's lackadaisical. It isn't as energetic where if you give them training, it kind of helps out. But actually, that's yeah. going to lead to my, my next question with you. With baseball wanting to come back and possibly uh, starting, starting their season, obviously – Everybody, a sports fan in general, is having baseball fever. If the NBA comes back and they're running their season into June, possibly even July with the playoffs, do you think baseball might end up uh, losing ratings or will baseball take away ratings from the NBA in, the, in that case? I think it's the, the first part of, of what you said, Steve. Uh, basketball playoff season, like, come on, people typically want to watch the, the major competition at the end of the day. And that's no shade to baseball, you know. I'm sure they'll still get their, their views like later on in the season because people are still, are still going to be itching to watch baseball. Um, but with that in mind, I still think that with a lot of those games being taking place at the same time, and this is even the case when like regular NBA playoffs are going on like in April and May when baseball is just starting to begin. So I don't think it'll be any different here. Everyone's going to want to watch, want to watch playoffs, uh, competitive atmosphere like playoff basketball is. 
So one thing that is definitely going to be interesting to see if the NBA is able to return is, are they going to allow fans into the building? I got to make it, I got to make it clear to that, that on my opinion on the matter is that if you have a bat, like a full on playoff series where they go through all four rounds and there's no fans, I don't know how entertaining that's going to be to watch. Part of the part of the fun of watching NBA playoffs is when a guy hits a clutch shot and the announcer goes wild, the fans are, you know, throwing all their hands in the air and you just you just feel the building just erupt. That emotion is kind of it's it's not going to be there during the NBA playoffs this year. So do you think that there's going to be um, a playoffs without fans at all because it seems yeah. like there's not going to be any kind of fan gathering for a long time in any yeah. of the professional sports. I mean, most likely that will be the case. But again, we don't really know what for sure the NBA is going to do, how serious is going to get, get is going to get if the, C, uh, the NBA has a playoffs. I mean, it sort of it sort of just depends on where everything's going to be. But you know, it, it will feel very weird, and that's just like, to be the same case with a lot of other sports. I wouldn't be surprised if if baseball does the same thing, and you know, that takes away from the kind of the high energy atmosphere. But maybe, you know, they can still find ways to do it without fans. Like, they can still have, like, a loud PA system uh, with, like, maybe, like, crowd noises in the back, something. I don't know. Just kind of, like, artificially make it better in some way. It'll be tricky, but it'll definitely be weird. But just have to see. I'll see how it happens. It's going to be interesting. I know for me, looking at, uh, like, going to Knicks games predominantly is um, there's the fan aspect, but then there's also the PA and the, the volume, the music. There's always music playing with, with basketball, unlike baseball, where it's, the walk-up song, and then it's just dead silence. And in that case, like we saw it when the uh, when the Orioles played played during the Baltimore riots, there was no noise whatsoever. You could hear the crack of the bat, everybody talking, and everything. I feel like the NBA would be able to kind of counteract the the idea of no noise with some sort of a music or, or something. Also, there's a good opportunity for the NBA to kind of capitalize on having more true reactions. I know we always laugh about yeah. on, House of, um, on, on like House of Highlights when you have like mellow. Uh, cursing players out for the rebound or LeBron screaming when he's like mic'd up after a dunk. I feel like it's going to be a new opportunity for the NBA to kind of explore, like really seeing these like raw emotions come out on the court when you literally, when you literally have no one there and all you hear is the the organ playing defense, you're kind of hearing the way players are thinking. You can kind of analyze the game a little more. It's, it's going to be a new way of thinking, but uh, again, that's only my opinion. The the NBA might not end up capitalizing on that. It's truly, truly on them, but there's a lot of different things that might end up occurring. My biggest question, though, is going to be the idea of, of, of home court advantage. Obviously, it's one of the biggest things mm-hmm. in, in all sports. If you're Golden State, you're going to Golden State, and you're going to you're walking in the building, and you're and you are it, it, their whole motto: strength in numbers. It's like going to Seattle for a playoff game in football and, and facing the 12th man. It's it's a whole new feeling now that you're going to walk into walk into an arena. It's your hardwood, but there's no, there's no real support. How do you think that's going to play into uh, the possible playoffs? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, all these guys are just trying to block out the noise regardless of their home or away. But I think it will definitely, like, create a more, like, kind of neutral site kind of vibe, if you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, maybe the, the series will go down to, you know, instead of, like, having those home game advantages, it will go down to, you know, who was the better team that played that day and uh, who was kind of the better team in that series. Because, you know, at times in the playoffs, like, there can be – and basketball is a very, frequent, a very frequent sport for this. There can be a lot of comebacks in a game. And a lot of those comebacks are fueled by the home crowds. So without that, maybe there'll be 
you know, if the teams are down a deeper hole at home, maybe the home court won't really help them that much anymore. So, but again, they're still shooting the same court as they always do in the regular season. So they'll still have that comfort kind of feel, uh, but it'll be interesting for sure, Steve. I mean, we'll have to see if there's even really a factor there anymore if there's no fans. So if there is a season, if the season ever does get back to it, the Lakers were the team to beat in the NBA. You know, LeBron and AD were in the swing of things. And then over on the east side, of course, we had Giannis, but then the Celtics were right there. Tatum was having uh, – was, was like entering some MVP conversations despite Giannis and LeBron kind of running away with that, with those talks. You know, if the NBA kind of resumes as is right now, who's your pick to win – to win it all Ooh, um it's gonna be tough I mean you know you gotta kind of look at the momentum side see who's gonna come in with a rhythm or kind of fall flat at the start um I mean obviously the clear the clear pick is uh you know Lakers Bucks finals I think both of those teams are very dominant in both of those conferences the West is a little tougher though I mean the Clippers can obviously have challenged the Lakers all season so that's not an easy series uh if that happens um but yeah, I think definitely the Lakers can are gonna are a good favorite obviously to come out of the West. The East, I think, is the Buck show this year. There have there are some teams that can't compete with them. Uh the Raptors, uh, along with the Celtics, as you mentioned. But I think in the end of the day, the Buck system is just very hard for teams to stop. There's no real answer in the East that can guard guard Giannis, except for maybe the Sixers, but you know, they've been inconsistent all year, so it's tough to kind of gauge where they're gonna be at. Uh, at the season end today with those standings, because they'll have a tough first-round matchup as well, because they finished at the sixth seed. They'll have to go against the Celtics. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the prediction for right now. And in that, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with – I'm going to have to go with the Bucks. I think they're a more complete team. Uh, I think LeBron Giannis will be a great matchup. Uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, LeBron and AD, as good of a duo as they are, uh, the Bucks will definitely – Mike Boonholzer, credit him, he's a very good coach. I think he'll find some good schemes to kind of slow that two-man duo down and make other people like Kuzma, KCP, uh, Dwight try to beat them. The uh, the 2K tournament started, is taking place now. Of course, we see uh, on, on on the professional sports side, we've seen MLB The Show is, is tournaments are taking place. Uh, in, in MLB. Haven't heard anything from the NFL or the NHL, but the NBA is doing a 2K tournament right now. One of the more entertaining things to watch. Last night they did a they did like an eight game of horse or something like that. Yeah. I personally didn't tune in to watch, but um, you know, Eric, you know, what are what are these what are NBA fans looking for right now uh in terms of content in their time off? I mean, you know, they're just trying to entertain themselves and find a way to entertain other people. I mean, the 2K tournament was great. Uh, I personally didn't get to see any of the games, but I heard a lot of good things about it. Um, it was cool that uh, $1,000 uh, that was awarded to the winner got donated to coronavirus relief efforts because obviously it's a very important situation. It's good to put that on. Uh, and also it was just good to see the players, like, compete against each other in the virtual world. Um, you know, as we sort of expected, when we watched Pat Beverly in real life, he's a very uh, high-endic, high energy and like trash talking person on defense. And he shows the same thing in 2k as well. Like there were reports that saying he would like get in other people's like heads when he was up on them, like a big margin, he would talk a lot of trash, but then like he kind of simmered down when he was losing the games. Uh, when he lost that one game, he was like, 
kind of getting a little mad. He didn't say much. So kind of out of his element in that regard. But no, it was, it was cool to see all the guys like compete against each other, like online kind of thing. And it was also cool to see two Phoenix Suns players in the finals as well. You know, not many people know about the Phoenix Suns that much because their team isn't really that good yet. But two of the better players actually competed in the final championship game and props to Devin Booker for winning it as well against his teammate DeAndre Ayton. So good atmosphere, love to see it. And also the horse tournament is good as well. Gets people outside, gets people shooting against each other. And it can be a little laggy outside with trying to record online, but it's so cool to see. And also it's cool to see a WNBA player win as well. Uh, Allie Quigley won against CP3. So big upset right there. But, nah, it's all cool. It's good to see that they're having a good time and definitely trying to entertain the people in any way they can without actually being on the court. I actually managed to, uh, to tune in, and I, and I watched a little bit of the, uh, the Pat Bev versus uh, DeAndre Ayton's semifinal. And Pat dude, Bev man, sounds like he kind of plays 2K like somebody we know. <laughs> John Surratt. <laughs> that, that man can run his mouth. I, I, I was like, you know, man, like props to you, though, for, for having that competitive edge from both, both on the court and uh, virtually. I know, like, for me, I play – I play video games like I'm like I'm driving in traffic. Like I just get angry at literally everyone and everything. <laughs> so like so I'm like nice to do that too. I'm, I'm standing up. I remember I remember there was one point where uh, Aiden's like sitting back, just kind of kind of doing his thing, and Beverly's like standing up. You can only see like half his torso in the camera, and he's like he's like standing up trying to play. I was like, man, this guy's <laughs> absolutely wild right now. But no, that that was a good time. I also hear that that that, that they want to do something related to. Um, if they could figure it out, they want to have kind of an all-star game for the best players who played in the tournament to kind of do an all-star game, select team style, do a three-point contest and everything. If they can get everyone to kind of user or player within the game, that would be a pretty cool, uh, cool, cool opportunity for the NBA to, to kind of to, to still keep on going. I was saying this last week on the show, my little brother was playing so, with, uh, Jason Tatum. So, again, Eric, do you have any other uh, info on that? Yeah, so I'm a huge 2K buff, uh, number one game, and I th- there is a way you can do like an all-star game kind of thing. It's, uh, there's a mode called all-star team-up where you can uh, pick your character from uh, both sides and then do like an east versus west like game where you can like pick any player you want. So I could definitely see like Kevin Durant, picking Kevin Durant, playing for the Eastern Conference, and then having like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton play for the West on that side, so... I think that would be a good thing for them to look into. I think that would definitely be a good idea to have, like, maybe a three-game series, like, live stream kind of thing. I know a couple of 2K YouTubers did that as well. And I think they would definitely look to – maybe if the idea was spread around, they could definitely look to do that for NBA players as well. That would be a cool idea. My dad is singing in the background right now. I kind of want to know if you guys can hear him. Uh, not really. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> good good that's kind of the that's the aspect i miss of being at wqaq is that there you know we get the we got the door to the studio you know everything is blocked out now all of a sudden we got these third elements but um eric you know we're, we're, we're i've been i've been playing you a little bit in 2k man you kind of got that nasty that just you just like that on that grind mentality i've played i played you in 2k i played john and i've also played jacob resnick in mlb the show and i gotta say I am not very good at video games, which I guess, you know, I don't know if that means that I'm good at, I don't, I don't know if that means that I'm like, I have a life outside of like virtual reality or if I have, if I'm just like that lame in that I can't play 2K and I don't be the show. So, you know, some people are just born as gamers. Like they, they can go and just do anything else they want to, but other people it's like, I can't do this. Like, I know, for example, like, Jared Penna is, like, the most awful gamer ever. Like, he's good at one game, 
is like an old game for the Wii back in like 2009. He plays it all the time. He's really good at it. But every other game he sucks at. And you'll know. And if he's watching this right now, he'll know it too. So, but yeah, no, it just it it depends on the person, really. <laughs> uh, but let me. I'll get back to your John your John points. You, I'll throw a little shade at him as well. Minus all the Patrick. Yeah, Benelli, I'll throw like, shade at John. Antics. John does kind of play like him because when he's up on you, he'll talk a lot. But when I played him and he was dead almost the whole game, he didn't say a word. Ah! So, <laughs> John <laughs> is a one-sided player, bro. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we got to – I mean, like, the Mac and Main YouTube channel exists. As if we can get some, like, some like content on there, maybe we can get a little uh, – uh, so, Yeah, I'll me if people talking about, like, a tournament for video games in the back in a while We back. need to do it. Try to bring We're it back up again. It. Big things uh, coming. If I can get get the new show and 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 the new two K because I still have last year's uh, last year's two K, I'll t- I mean I could try and get some going. I'm a decent gamer. I want to play both of you guys if you can. Do you guys play two K on is it nineteen or twenty? I don't know twenty. We're on twenty. We play twenty. It's on PlayStation. It's only like twenty dollars. Yeah, really? the hack the hack for Madden and two K is you got to buy it on Black Friday because they're both half off. Exactly. No, honestly, if I end yeah, up buying it, I, I will absolutely play play both of you and That's I'll smoke both of you guys. Too. Because uh, I'm I'm dirty at video games. Because clearly I'm not athletic in real life. Uh, but Eric, one last thing before let you Jack, get the hell out of here, bro. I played you in MLB the Show back in like February. I smacked your ass. I I had a bad day. I was playing. I, I, I was Everybody playing with a bad, bad day. I, I was playing with the trash can bangers. I was playing with the trash can bangers. Yeah, and I, and I, I was like the I don't even know who who was the Rays maybe like the Mariners or something. Yeah, listen, horrible. But Eric, before we let you go. Because you are a part of the basketball, the basketball YouTube community, uh, with the quarantine, have you seen a lot of like new and interesting content coming out of from these YouTubers? What are they doing to kind of counteract things, to kind of get people engaged in the community? That from from your video, I, I learned there's a lot more than I had actually thought there was. Um, mostly because I just don't want YouTube. But what has the community mm-hmm. kind of been doing to, to keep up with the NBA? Yeah. So I mean. To keep up with the NBA, there's not not really much going on. Uh, these YouTubers are kind of responded because they're a lot of the YouTubers I know as the video they look to go play basketball with like their their friends or other YouTubers out in the in like the gyms. But obviously they can't do that because those are closed. Uh, you know, some have had some leftover like one v ones and other content that they've uploaded to kind of keep up with the base and make sure they're keeping in tune with the algorithm. A lot of people have like done like different reaction videos and made their own top 25 list because at the end of the day, there's really nothing much they could really else do besides just sit around and quarantine. So a lot of it, you know, they're just trying to like write, make some comedic moments out of like things that were already made. That's kind of the, the main gist that they're doing. And, you know, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Like obviously I made my top 25 list. I also made uh, a basketball, like a couple, I'm working a couple of basketball videos as well from what I filmed back in the winter um so that'll that'll be coming out soon as well the second taco tuesday video my 5v5 intermittent basketball season go check that out as well uh first game was up dropped 20 so was falling out on that game proving why i'm on the honorable mentions list but no yeah all jokes aside uh you're just trying to find ways to you know keep the crowd entertained without basketball to play one thing I'm definitely going to be doing, I'm coming out with it on Wednesday, is I have been assigned to create the men's basketball top five plays from 2019-2020 Quinnipiac. I should I should mention the Quinnipiac men's basketball top five plays. So I'm dropping that on Wednesday for Q30. So 
content. If Rich Kelly's okay, if Rich Kelly's thousand isn't number one, I don't know what is. He's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be on there because I put him in the moments one. Like I put like I was. I also did top five moments in Quinnipiac athletics, and I put hit. That was like number two, number two or three moment of the twenty of of the entire sports year. So I don't think I can make it a top five play. You know what I'm saying? Like Ragoni's I mean, buzzer beater, yeah, Marfo's block. Falzone's game tying three against Manhattan with ten seconds oh, yeah. to go. There was a really nice uh, lob up. I forgot what game it was against. I want to say it was like Ryder or Fairfield. It was uh, it was Kelly to Pinkney from like quarter court. It was nasty. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go find that. Were you at that game? One of the plays I like. Oh, one of the uh, that was. I'm trying to. There was a lot of lobs from Kelly to Pinkney, but one play I remember from the start of the season was Matt Belonk had like a insane dunk over like uh, a couple brown players way early oh in the like a jaw yeah. like a jaw morant just like you just cock his arm back and just uh, oh that thing i'll down, have to go so. find that i'll have to go i'll have go to go find, find that. that that's a good play that's a very anyway good play. Go find that. eric we thank you so much for coming on the podcast today be sure to go subscribe to ek plays on youtube and then also go follow eric's show twitter at and one wqaq is that what it is at yes, and one, and one. Oh, yeah. And WQAQ. Go follow. EK. Eric. That's some big things Eric. next semester. Once basketball comes back. <laughs> EK, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but I have one last question for you. I saw it on Bleacher Report uh, last night. Start, sit, cut. MJ, Kareem, Kobe. Ooh, that's tough. Um, Throwing them start, off. sit, cut. All right, I'm going to start Kareem. I'm going to sit Kobe. And I'm going to cut MJ because I know that MJ is going to got cut for his high school team. So I know he's going to come back, work even harder, and get even better than he already was as a legend. He'll be like, That's not the question. That's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting Kareem. I, I answered I'm it cutting my own Kareem. way, all right? Kareem. MJ's the GOAT. MJ the GOAT. <laughs> the most leading scorer of all time. And Michael Jordan, the most unstoppable player of all time. I would disagree Kareem, with that. Kareem I personally be even more unstoppable. He's seven one. He's super athletic. He's got an unguardable post hook. Talk. I'm sorry. I'm not arguing. Wait, so maybe, with MJ if the answer go. legitimately, I'd probably would sit MJ and then just cut Kobe because Kobe at times could be a little bit too much of a ball hog. But that's where I'm going. All right. Eric, so great to hear from you, man. We'll definitely get you back on the pod before the year wraps up. So have a great rest of your day, and uh, stay safe in quarantine. All right, big fella? Thanks, Mac and Maine. Appreciate it. Got you, UK. No problem. We're going to take a short break, get Eric out of here, get Jolo in here. You are listening slash watching the Mac and Maine show. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99, 99 problems, problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cask is closed. Rap critics says money cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with hoes in your zap toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dough. Welcome back to the Mac and Main Show podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or iTunes. We hope that you guys are staying safe during this stay-at-home order. Jack Maine, Steve McAvoy, and below here we've got Q30 President Joe Lagrippo. He is on to talk all things Major League Baseball. This is Joe's first time on the show. We tried to get him on earlier in the year. He said no because he had math homework. 
He doesn't have that excuse anymore. Plus we told him that we would work around his schedule. So Joe, thank you so much for hopping on the zoom, man. How's things going in quarantine right now? Uh, thank you guys. First of all, um, been waiting for uh, my second, my second chance to get on the show. So I appreciate it. Um, quarantine's been all right. Uh, staying busy with school and uh, all things Q30 and things like that. So uh, the weather's not looking good today. I lost power for a couple hours. Um, but other than that, I guess it's uh, it's been all right. You have the exquisite setup right now with the grand piano in the background. I mean, like, <laughs> damn, it's putting my Fenway Park and his Tim Tebow to shame right now. I have to That's ask. That's a prepared. I have to ask. Do, do you play piano? I can play a little bit, but uh, it's mostly oh. it's, it's mostly my sister who can play. Don't be surprised if, like, at the end of this, I might ask you to hop on the uh, hop on the. <laughs> I know, I know, Jack Maine can. Oh no, he, I can't. Uh, I can't. Hey, hey, Jack could play uh, "Obla di Obla da" by uh, by the Beatles pretty damn well. It's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, no flex, no flex. And both Joe is a writer for SB Nation's Pinstripe Alley, the Yankees blog. So he knows most things New York Yankees. Unfortunately, that kind of stinks for him, but. Uh, you know, he's, he's in the New York area. We'll, we'll give him, we'll give him the pass. So, uh, Joe, the most recent news out of major league baseball right now is that they are looking to start up a season that would take place strictly in Arizona. So what that, what that, what that would look like is that the teams would all live in hotels. There would be no fans at any of the games and most of the facilities used would be for, would be, would be spring training facilities with the Arizona Diamondbacks playing at their home stadium of Chase Field. So this is going to be a little bit of a hectic, how is this going to work? So we kind of want to get your opinion on the matter. Do you think that Major League Baseball should return in 2020? And if it does, do you think that having every team play in Arizona is a viable option? Well, obviously we all want baseball to return this year. Um, We're all looking forward to it, um, but it has to be definitely safe and appropriate to return. If a major league player were to contract the coronavirus playing and they jumped the gun where they allowed people to get onto the field too early. Obviously that'd just be a terrible look. And I think that would confirm that, Hey, we're not playing for the rest of the year. Um, so definitely they want to make sure that it's safe to play. Um, going to the Arizona idea. Listen, I've seen a, a lot of ideas popping out there. It's, it's been definitely had mixed reviews. I saw some players were like, I'm not going to go to Arizona if I can't bring my family and leave them for however long, you know, the season's going to be. So um, it's definitely an interesting idea. It's everybody in the same state at one time. There's probably going to be double headers in in the same stadium. So, um, but I guess they don't have to clean up or anything. So it would be doable. Um, But then you wonder, so social distancing is six feet. So are they going to be in the same dugout together? Like there's a lot of questions that are just like unanswered, I guess. The other question falls falls along the lines of they're going to have the spring training fields, they're going to have Chase Field, and then there's also reports they might end up going towards college, uh, community college, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, other affiliated colleges to play baseball. My biggest concern is the idea of the realignment that's currently going on that they're considering where because of the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League, they would obviously end up moving all the Grapefruit League teams into Arizona. The Cactus League, I'm pretty sure the, the, the alignment would stay relatively the same as what it uh, is already for the divisions. Um, but in the Grapefruit League, they, they're, they're literally going to make five-team divisions the whole way through. And I'm looking at it now uh, through the MLB. 
personally, as a Mets fan, the Grapefruit League in the East is going to be the Nationals, Astros, Cardinals, Mets, and Marlins. That's that's horrifying for any team that wants to play out of season. Where uh, I realistically, if you're going to be playing games where it's yeah, there's going to be doubleheaders. It's probably going to be the same setup where you're going to play your teams in your uh, division more often. The Mets having to play against the Cardinals, Astros, and Nationals, two teams that were in the World Series, and one team that was, uh, I'm pretty sure, a, a series away. That's that's terrifying for me, uh, in my opinion. But my biggest question for you, Joe, is with the possible realignment, do you think doubleheaders are, are going to be not ethical, but are they going to be realistic considering the amount of time p- pitchers are going to have to be able to play? They're going to only be on three days rest, possibly playing the fifth game of a series. How are team, how, how's it going to work? Is, is it going to be everything's going to be a four game series? Where are your uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, so it definitely is going to depend on how long they think the season can be. If it's 75 games, 100 games, 120, whatever they choose, uh, that will definitely impact the amount of doubleheaders that happen. I think we'll definitely see a lot more of the opener strategy where uh, you have a pitcher pitch one inning and then a guy pitches three innings and, you know, just bullpen the whole way through uh, to give your starters rest. It's definitely going to be harder for pitchers this year if that were the case because they'd just be – all the time there would probably be an expansion of rosters as well um, because you need to have a lot of pitchers on staff for this to happen we'd see minor leaguers getting shots I know for the Yankees Davey Garcia is on the brink of the MLB but he's 20 21 years old so is he ready for the MLB he might just get the call anyway because they need they need some arms up there one thing that I definitely see curious is if they go with this grapefruit cactus league realignment uh, it, it's that do you do away with the ALNL thing? I, and in my opinion, I don't think you can really do that a because then all of a sudden you're taking away opportunity from teams who, who like, like in the, in the national league, the Braves compete against the Cardinals and the nationals and who's running the NL West right now, the Dodgers, they compete against those teams. And then all of a sudden, if you, if you flip flop everything and you say, well, the East coast teams are going to play each other and the West coast teams are going to play each other. And then they're going to have like a big East coast, West coast world series that almost defeats, you know, it takes away opportunities, not to mention AL and NL still have two different, still have a major, major difference in their play style where the NL has the pitcher back. So do you think that if there is this realignment that this is the year where we get rid of pitchers hitting and the DH is implemented league-wide? 100%. I think um, a lot of the changes that the MLB has been wanting to institute will take place this year because this is kind of like a sample season in a way where I think if they wanted to do robot umps this season, I think they could get away with it because uh, – is the ump allowed to stand so close to the catcher and batters behind the box? Like these are a lot of these things that they're going to have to figure out. And if they deem that the umpire is not allowed to be close to the ump- to the catcher and batter, they could go robot ump this year. And I think a lot of changes like the universal DH could be implemented uh, in this like sample season, I guess you could say. Do you have any possible information uh, or, or any knowledge from your connections about the way the MLB is going to attack possible free agency and how uh, contracts are going to be restructured if there is no season, how are players going to be played, um, eligibility terms, anything of that nature? Right. So we do know that this year will count as a year under contract. So uh, for instance, I know Jack, you're probably not going to be happy about this, but I will actually, Jack, you would be happy about this. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Mookie Betts got traded to the Dodgers uh, 
Uh, if this if this season isn't played this year, he's a free agent come 2021. So uh, basically, you can count that as the biggest steal in MLB trade history. So um, they after definitely, I cried on the breakdown desk about that trade. <laughs> after you cried on set, right? Um, and then who knows? Imagine the Red Sox sign him back, so they get Jeter Downs, they get Alex Verdugo for nothing. So that would be uh, good for the Red Sox over there. Um, but definitely, yeah, uh, service time will count. Um, from the team perspective, that is not a good thing, obviously, but from the player perspective, uh, it's definitely something that benefits them. I know that I would obviously be very happy about, you know, having uh, getting, getting rid of Mookie Betts and bringing in Jeter and Connor Wong and, and, and Alex Verdugo for, for this, essentially nothing. But for on, on your side, you have two players on mega deals, not to mention this is going to count as a year of arbitration for Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, Miguel Andujar, Luis Severino, and I think Chapman just only just signed a one-year extension as well. So the Yankees are going to be like, well, shit, you know, we've got, we've got Garrett Cole, who now we're just throwing $30 million at for no play. John Carlos Stanton, who's on the biggest contract in baseball history, no, no play. And then we're losing a year of Aaron Judge in his prime, Gary Sanchez in his prime. So how do the Yankees go and attack this offseason if there is no play? Because they're going to have to start picking and choosing who they want on their roster moving forward. Yeah, um, it definitely, I think, obviously it hurts the Yankees. It hurts every single team uh, contract-wise. But I like to look things in a positive light. Um, a lot of the Yankees were hurt during spring training and um, were rehabbing and were going to miss the start of the season. I don't know, Stanton was going to miss the start of the season. Judge, um, you had a lot of these guys who were banged up and weren't going to be ready for opening day. So in a way, it helps them. I know Paxton wasn't going to be ready either. So in a way, a lot of these guys are going to, if the season were to happen, I guess the Yankees would be in a better position than opening day uh, where it was supposed to be in March. Um, but yeah, it definitely stinks team-wise, like I said, for contracts. But players, I know uh, they're definitely like Judge and Sanchez and guys in arbitration periods, they're definitely itching towards free agency or you know out of their arbitration years to get contract extension Steve on the show um just in the first in the first half hour what sorry my internet has been um absolutely horrible so I apologize (laughs) you lagged out I I thought you were uh, talking I didn't know what was happening (laughs) no it's all good so uh we had Eric Kerr on in the first half hour to talk about what the uh, what the NBA is doing with the, with the 2K tournament, uh, I haven't heard a lot of information uh, in the MLB. But I there's talks they're doing a uh, a MLB to show tournament. Uh, do you have any, have any info on what MLB players and uh, I, I know they've been posting videos. Marcus Stroman's doing his uh, his workouts on a pier in Florida. Uh, but what info do you have about players? What they're doing to kind of take on the quarantine, get people still engaged with the game and build their marketability and their fandom, like Trevor Bauer has been arguing about, about, about for years. But uh, what info do you have on that? Yes, yeah, so about two to three days ago, uh, the MLB started on their YouTube channel, um, an MLB show tournament. So every player, they got one player from every single team to represent their team and play in a, in a MLB the show tournament. So I know the Yankees had Tommy Canely represent them. I know the Rays had uh, Blake Snell. So, there are a lot of big names out in this tournament, and, and I think it was a good way to, uh, you know, kind of 
put a life on the situation where, um, you know, you can have fans interact and, and still root for their team in, in a virtual way. So uh, it was definitely a good idea by MLB and, you know, a step forward, I guess, in their, in their marketing plans. I know that if you saw, if you follow MLB on Twitter, you saw Fernando Tatis's highlights of him playing. I mean, that guy is just electric when he hits a home run. He, he like sits back and his legs go in the air. That's the kind of thing we love to see. We love to see these personalities come out. And uh, do you, do you think that, I, I, I think, it, I think this is so on, on from my observations that baseball, the baseball community is coming closer as a whole because we're all in this, we're all in this situation together. Yeah, um, it definitely is bringing the baseball community together. Um, but touching on Fernando Tatis for a second, that stuff we love to see. We love to see passion in the game. I think that could definitely draw the community even closer together and, and attract uh, younger fans. I know the older fans aren't too keen of the idea of flipping your bat and, and talking around the bases, but uh, in order for the game to grow, I think it needs to change a little bit, and, and passion is a way to you know, show the players love for the game so they're not robots all the time. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely bringing the community together. I think we're all in it and we, uh, I think we've all put rivalries aside for a second. We're all just, you know, like we're doing right now, talking baseball and uh, just hoping for the best for the season to start as soon as possible. You were talking about rivalries and I thought this was an a interesting concept because of the fact now that if the realignment happens and things start to go a certain way, the Yankees and the Mets will be relatively close in terms of, um, of playing each other. Possibly even the Red Sox will be uh, in that mist where the, the Mets will only really play four games against the Yankees in a two-game set, uh, a home-and-home. Home. And then the Red Sox, I think they played them a couple of years ago for the first time in like nine years or, or, or something crazy. From a, uh, a fan of the Yankees, me being a Mets fan, Jack being a Red Sox fan, how do you think this is going to affect – just the general like Northeast uh, where we might see teams like the Red Sox and the Mets and the Yankees playing a lot more often than we're used to. I think it's a good thing. Uh, if we see, you know, a mixture of teams play uh, when you're not used to it, it will be different. It will be a little odd, obviously not seeing the Yankees and Red Sox play 19 times a season will, uh, I don't want to say reduce the rivalry because I think it'll always be there and living, but it's definitely, it won't be the same. Uh, if the Yankees get to see, um, I don't know, a National League opponent that they don't normally see, I guess that's pretty exciting uh, to definitely, you know, see new faces on the other side of the field rather than seeing the same teams uh, every single year. But it will definitely change the dynamic. Um, it will have its negatives and it will have its positives, but hopefully the positives will outweigh the negatives. So I have uh, two, two, two questions relating to baseball here. I asked Jacob the same thing. So Houston has, you know, Houston was obviously in this boiling pot of hot water. Uh, you know, you remember the beginning of spring training, it feels like forever ago, but they, you know, Altuve and Bregman stood up there on the podium next to Jim Crane and they gave the crappiest apologies any of us have ever heard. I, you know, we, you know, you and I both lost potential world series championships to the Houston Astros in the same playoffs, uh, in the same playoffs, like bracket. So, uh, do you, like, do you think that this this layoff is kind of helping the helping the air blow over, or do you think that you know they're still going to be hot moving? You know, there's things are still going to be hot when play does resume. 
there's probably one thing on the entire planet that could have taken away the attention that the Astros had on themselves, and it would be a pandemic. So uh, definitely the Astros lucked out right there. It, it, it's crazy because a lot of people forgot about the Astros and what's going on with them because of the pandemic we're in right now. Um, I think when baseball resumes, and it's funny because if they don't play with fans, they'll even get away with it for this full season of no heckling and it definitely could, will help them out. They don't have to deal with people. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's just going to blow over. But, like, I want to see the heat. I want to see, like, I want to I see Garrett Cole. Well, he wouldn't do it because he was on the Astros. I want to <laughs> see Luis Severino go and bean Bregman in the head. And I want to see Paxton go and, and smack out too. Like, I want to see that. I had but t- I'm not going to see it I because t- it's just blowing over. I had tickets to the first game between the Astros and the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Like, I was ready for it. And I'm not even a Yankees fan. I was just ready to see some beanballs, and I am mightily upset. We but, knew yeah. that was coming. The we fact, knew that was coming. The fact that the hardest beanball thrown at an Astros player was from a double-A pitcher on the Cardinals is embarrassing, in my opinion. But that's just me. Anyway, sorry to cut you off, Joe. What were you saying? All right, no, I definitely um, agree that it would have been it would have been a cool atmosphere to see. Definitely entertaining to see a Yankees Astros. Obviously, I wouldn't be rooting for anybody to get hurt, but uh, you know, ninety nine to the ribs might send a message uh, <laughs> without without serious injury. So um, that it would be cool to see you know Chapman locking down a save and striking out Altuve for the final out, getting a little revenge there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think that baseball fans will forget about it come 2021. Hopefully a season in 2021. Uh, Hopefully a season in 2020. I don't think fans will forget about it. I doubt we'll see fans at games this year. Hopefully I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Um, But this is something that, you know, has a major impact on the game of baseball. It was a bad look for baseball. Um, But if, if and when fans get to see the Astros in person again, I think they'll still get, you know, their fair share of, of criticism. (laughs) And uh, going off what Steven said before the Yankees and I mean, sorry, the Yankees and Astros, their first home game was like in September. It was supposed to be against the Astros and Yankee fans weren't going to wait that long. So I know the Mets had a game against the Astros in the summer and a lot of Yankee fans were going to, you know, wear their pinstripes to city field and, yeah. Uh, get 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 in on the action a little bit earlier than September. The the one time you'll ever see Yankees and Mets fans get along is when you can clutch yeah. for the Astros. <laughs> it's like when the uh, when the Mets went to uh, Fenway Park and booed the Yankees. And they all chanted Yankees suck. <laughs> good, good times. So Joe, uh, I haven't ha- I, I, we've asked a lot of folks on the show, but obviously we've, obviously we've, we haven't had you on yet. Do you think that? the commissioner's office did a good job in sanctioning the Astros. I know it's an old, it's an old topic, but I want to hear your take on it because we're discussing them. Do you think that that enough was done? Not too much, or there should have been a lot more. What are your thoughts? It's definitely a tough situation. I'm thankful I'm not Rob Manfred because uh, I don't think whichever way he went would satisfy people, whether or not it would be the Astros, whether it'd be the MLB players association, whether it be the fans, at first, I thought, okay, this is a pretty good punishment. But as time went on, and I saw that, you know, a manager really doesn't have much of an impact in today's game. How much is how much did AJ Hinch matter to the Astros organization? Maybe I, I don't know. Um, then you look at the GM. I guess definitely losing Jeff Lunau uh, hurts because 
he was obviously good at developing talent and, and uh, attracting free agents and stuff like that. So $5 million fine, I guess that's the most they're allowed to um, give out to a team. I don't know. Are those, you know, things is that big of a punishment? I don't know. At first I thought so, but as time went on, I wasn't sure because I'm not sure that those punishments are going to have a major impact on their season this year. I think they're still, they could still win a hundred games. We're playing a full season. Um, I guess my, my final answer would be, uh, it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard to suspend players. You don't know who participated in the most, who participated in the least. You can't suspend the whole team. What are you going to do if you spend the whole team? You're not going to have an Astros next year. So I don't know. Maybe they could have done a little more player driven, uh, penalties, maybe find the players a little bit, but, uh, it's definitely a tough, tough situation. And, I'm not sure Rob Manfred could have had a positive reaction any way he went. Do you think one, there's oh, – sorry, Jack, go ahead. Okay, one, one thing that uh, Lake Monster manager Rick Magante said when we had him on the show was that he thought Jim Crane knew about this thing from the get-go and that uh, when he fired A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunhow after they were suspended by Major League Baseball, it was just a save-face move. It wasn't really like – you know, the investigation showed that A.J. Hinch actually actually destroyed the monitors so that the players couldn't do the situation. They they ended up setting the, setting the whole thing back up again and doing it, and A.J. didn't do anything to stop it at that point. But do you think that he, like, do you think that would it be worthy to strip the Astros of their 2017 title and just say no, no champion in 2017? Do you think that stripping Altuve of his 2017 AL MVP and maybe awarding it to Aaron Judge would have, you know, would have kind of let this whole thing, you know, go on the wayside here? Yeah, I definitely think that the fans wanted the title stripped and maybe the MVP stripped by Altuve. Uh, but one thing's for sure, you're not going to take away the experience that the Astros had. They're still going to have the moment of we won the World Series and that joy, whether or not it was legit. Did they? Yeah. The video footage was there. We watched it live. We watched yeah. them party at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, and you wonder, you know, if you were to take it away, would they realize the impact more? And I'm not obviously accusing any other team of doing this, but uh, harsher penalties would definitely secure – um, making sure that no other team, if they had a system like this in place, you know, stopped it immediately. Um, the harsher penalties, I think, would have definitely uh, would definitely put a halt to any cheating going on in the technology side in baseball. Because you think about it, I do think that the higher ups knew about what, what was going on. I think it's impossible to keep it away from the higher ups. Um, and if they see that the penalty was that you're going to get fired and you're going to get banned from baseball. And your reputation is going to be, you know, destroyed. I think that that would have worked because of the pandemic. Obviously, this has been a, uh, a the whole topic is the Astros are kind of flying now almost under the radar. Do you think there's a there's a possibility for Rob Manfred to extend penalties into next year, assuming there might be not even be a season where Alex Cora and um, and AJ Hinch got uh, got well, not Alex Cora, but AJ Hinch got his one-year uh, one suspension, now, by the end of the year, it'll be up. Do you think they might expand it further because of the fact that there was that, that there was no season? Or will it just comply with what we've been talking about where um, the year of eligibility still counts for this year and so on and so forth? Yeah, I think they're going to take that approach. I know Rob Manfred was asked this question. He kind of hinted that 
yeah, we're the, the suspension and ban counts for right now. It's not going to count for 2021. So uh, whether or not we have a season this year, I think uh, Lunau and and Hinch are going to be serving their suspensions this year, and it's not going to carry over to next year. But I do think that their reputations are tarnished a lot, and I'm not sure if any teams are going to be willing to even hire either one of them because that will create a distraction right away. I think one thing that those guys, and and A.J. Hinch in particular, I think that what they are going to have to do is that they're going to have to start from the bottom and then work their way to the top again. Uh, Because now, you know, now that they're gone, there are minor league managers and and minor league general managers who are looking to work their way up the ranks. And if they have the opportunity to say, well, A.J. Hinch was fired, there's no way that we want to let him go back into the major league system when we know that there's other guys that are more deserving of that spot. You know, maybe you say, all right, AJ, you start in spring training camp and maybe you can earn a job with a single A team. And then from there, you know, you start to work your way up slowly. Is that I think that that's probably the best chance for him to get back into uh, Major League Baseball, professional baseball as a whole, uh, if he wanted to. Yeah, I think that could be a way that uh, he he works out. I personally think that he'll be out of baseball for a long time. I don't think this is going to be something that he'll be right back into. He might be, you know, uh, blackballed forever for what he did and for what he uh, partook in with, with the Astros. So he could work his way up from the minors. Um, I'm not sure if people are willing to, you know, hire somebody who disgraced the game for a year or longer. So, uh, and it would definitely become a distraction that teams don't need. And I don't think it's a necessity to have AJ Hinch in your locker room. I guess, yeah. So, Joe, so, so coming up in, I believe it's late May or early June will be the MLB draft, and it's rapidly approaching. There's still the concerns of social distancing, although uh, for you and I in New York, it's kind of plateaued. So hopefully things, things will, will be back to normal in that case. What news do you have on the draft of doing it via Zoom? Uh, the NFL ha- has their draft coming up as well. Um, deposit that, that they're going fully virtual. But the fact that, that, that the MLB draft will be in June, it's kind of allowing a little more time. Are they going to go fully virtual? Are they still going to have uh, the traditional draft style? Or what news do you have uh, in that realm? Um, I think it's definitely going to be virtual. Um, I don't think a lot of in-person things are going to happen right away. We're seeing with the NFL. I know that's a lot quicker, but I know the NFL is doing it uh, virtually as well, where uh, Roger Goodell is going to be announcing from his house through a camera. So um, the MLB draft, I think there were rumors that they were going to cut rounds off of the MLB draft. Yeah, they were going to make it like five rounds or something crazy like that. Yeah, and that's obviously going to be a real bad thing because a lot of people are not going to get their shot in the league. You know, the MLB draft doesn't work like the NFL does. You can be drafted in the 76th round, whatever. You can be drafted wherever and, you know, be an all-star when you come up to the majors. So uh, it's definitely going to cut a lot of people's opportunities off and it's definitely not a good thing for the game of baseball that, um, that the draft is going to work out that well. Well, I think that this draft is, I think that this five round draft is going to be a one-time thing because as you know, all NCAA spring athletes were granted an extra year of eligibility. So we know that they have the option to return to school for their junior and senior seasons and get that opportunity to get those stats back. So uh, having a short draft this year, I think is going to give give those athletes more of an opportunity to return to school so that they can get those seasons back and we talked about it with Jacob um he covers the Quinnipiac baseball team for for Q30 so 
uh, he, we asked him, we were like, Dan, like what's going to happen then? Like, are the, are the freshman recruits that are going to be in for the class of 2024, I believe it is, are they going to come in and are they going to have to wait a year to play because of the seniors that are going to come back for that extra year of eligibility looking to be drafted in 2021 and as opposed to what, when, if they would have been drafted in 2020? Yeah. The college baseball situation in college athletics in general is going to be interesting because I'm not sure if they are granted an extra year of eligibility, are the coaches going to allow them to play? Like I'm sure it's going to differ by coach because you're going to have people that are, I guess, in their fifth year of college. Now it would be that they're still granted eligibility and you're going to have freshmen and you're going to have people that are trying to make the team. And if you're starting seniors who are not even supposed to be on the team, um, is that going to hurt the growth and development of your team? If you're starting people who aren't going to be on the team next year, would it be better to get reps from people who are legitimately in their senior year because they're not going to get another year. So let's say um, like a a fifth year senior is starting over someone who's a legitimate senior. Now they're losing playing time for, for something that wasn't either of their fault. So it's definitely a sticky situation. And I think it's going to depend on, what the coaches decide and what the management decides uh, differ by school. Especially, especially looking at it from just, just our lens as uh, Quinnipiac students, where last year the team made the, um, made the regional of the College World Series and beat uh, ECU. And a lot of that was led by, by players who would have been seniors this year. Uh, and then a few uh, students graduated. So especially just looking at, looking at it from that end where they're, where they're going to bring in, nine or 10 freshmen, how are you looking at it from players like Andre Marrero who was, who was possibly going to even get drafted? Uh, the, there was thoughts about it being super late in the draft, but now we're kind of looking at it from development wise and Joe, you hit it absolutely on the head, but I want to shift away for a hot second. Cause we have to let you go soon. I have, uh, I asked Eric this uh, in the NBA lens. We had, we did a, a start cut and sit, I want to do the same thing with you, but for players, one player from each of our three teams. So as, as a Mets, Yankees, and Red Sox uh, show for the day, I want you, you are in a situation, bottom of the ninth, you're, you're down by a run, you got a man on second base. You're going to tie the game with a, go up with a, a double or a single, or you can end it with a homer. And you, have to, and you have to start one of these guys, have one of them off the bench possibly, or just have one of them out outright in general. Are you going to go with the Red Sox's Andrew Benintendi, the Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton, or the Mets' or the Mets Pete Alonso? I already know who he's cutting. Well, that's a good one. Um, well, watch out. <laughs> he's cutting. But he obviously you cut Benintendi. Obviously you cut Benintendi. He's the worst player of the three. I would cut Stanton, dude. Hell no! The, I'm the not has better off to strike out than anything else. But sorry, sorry, Joe. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is Joe. This is for Joe. Listen. Um, it's a situation. They're all three really good players and, and somebody, all three are, uh, somebody that you want to have on your team. Um, hmm. See, I'm judging between Stanton's, like, obviously I, I'm a big Yankee fan. I watched Stanton and I really haven't seen him come up in the clutch too much lately. Um, in the two years he's been with the squad. Pete Alonso's also played for one season, so it's a small sample size, but we obviously see the potential building there. 
Um, I think I'm definitely going to cut Ben and Tendi. <laughs> Bro, I called that. Like we all <laughs> knew that was coming. Ben and Tendi has one of the best averages. RS RISP though. He hits like yeah. 350 runner with, with runners in scoring positions. So. Yeah, I know, but I think that could be no, I know, I know. luck based in a way that he was put up in that position that he came to the plate with runners on second and third, whatever. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I mean, you bet second, so like I'm just throwing sliders, long way to stand. <laughs> Listen, let me. I'm gonna go with Stanton just for track record. I know that's probably like a hot take in your guys' view, and I'm gonna put Alonzo on the bench. Listen, Stanton is elite. I don't care I what you say. I know we've had this this discussion on Twitter before. Uh, we've gone back and forth, but um, I think Sten is elite, and and just because he was injured doesn't take that away from him. Obviously, give me another year, of Pete, Pete Alonso, and, and he could be he could be my starter in this situation. Just I think of- I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with Pete Alonso at the dish. Absolutely, I he gives me I think he gives me the best all around option. Like man hits man led the league in homers last year and still hit what like three seventy or two seventy. He's only gonna get better. Three seventy. Imagine that stuff. No, imagine. Look, just just to defend myself, the reason why I chose the three was because of Ben Attendee's uh, runners in scoring position average, Alonzo's overall ability where, where he can hit every part of the yard, and then Stanton where it's, in my opinion, it's a home run or bust. The guy can strike out – the guy struck out the most in his career in the last two years with the Yankees. So there's a lot of potential for a great moment, but also, again, it, him in the clutch. So believe me, these were all strategically picked for a reason <laughs> – I, I was pondering J.D. Martinez, and then I was like, eh, same kind of thing as, as Stan. And then I was like Aaron Judge, but then like Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Judge is the obvious choice in my opinion. Yeah, I think I if, you, if, you give me, if you give me the choice between Stanton, Alonzo, and J.D. Martinez, I'm putting J.D. Martinez in the box. Guy hits 40 homers, hits 330, drives in 140 runs a year. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm taking J.D. Martinez in that situation. Look, I again, I had backup options. My backups were were Martinez, Judge, and for the Mets, I was I wanted to say McNeil just because he's more of a clutch hitter. But again, that's more of an obvious choice to cut just because he doesn't have the home run potential necessarily. Jay Martinez yeah. would have won the Triple Crown in 2018 if Mookie Betts didn't hit 350. <laughs> right. I so, think uh, I, mean, I think that McNeil has the potential to be one of the better players on the Mets this. Even better than Alonzo, potentially. Oh, oh absolutely. The, the, no, like, like he, he was leading the NL in batting for well, – until September when, when – He was. At that point, he went – I think he went, like, over 24 and just fell off at that point. But yeah. he still finished, like, third behind, behind Christian Yelich, who had, had – had Christian Yelich been healthy, would have had possibly one of the best, best seasons in NLB history. That guy was already going off coming into September. But that's just me. Joe Legrippo, it is so great to see you, man. The president of Quinnipiac Television. Go give him a follow on Twitter. You plug your social, Joe, because I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> Joe underscore Legrippo. <laughs> Joe also, underscore Legrippo. He, he writes for Pinstripe Valley, the SB Nation. What are you saying? What? What are you saying? You're saying something? I said be sure, to gas check up, out, Joe? be sure to check out his radio show as well with Jacob Resnick, who we had on last week. Uh, I believe it's at X Town Rivals, Cross Town Rivals. Yes. Uh, awesome show. Unfortunately, it didn't have a lot of opportunity to kind of pick itself up because of the quarantine, but... It's coming I, back, though. It's oh, coming yeah. back. A lot of opportunity. Cross Town Rivals will be back, folks. We hope that you, we hope that you, to get you and Jacob on here at the same time at some point in the near future because oh, yeah. we were really hoping to get 
you guys more involved with Q, uh, WQAQ, and we're so glad that you guys have a radio show together. We are so glad that you are going to be the new president of Q30. Has that sunk into you at all? Like, have you, have you like, gotten used to people calling you President Joe Agrippa? No, it hasn't sunk in yet. <laughs> El Prez, El Presidente? El Prez, El Prez. He's got to change his Twitter handle to, to Q Prez. <laughs> all, right. all right, Joe, I told you I would ask you it. Could you possibly play some piano for us? <laughs> Embarrass myself. <laughs> You don't have to. That's okay. Hey, hey. The door for it. This is this is the Mac and Main show. We're sports. Joe doesn't have to play piano here. Don't, yeah, hey, I'll, don't I'll stick to my sports reputation. We are <laughs> men of many talents. I will have you know. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Mac and Main show. Be sure to go follow us on Twitter at Mac and Main. Like us on Facebook. Go check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Shout Engine, and YouTube. We're still working on getting our episodes posted to YouTube. It will happen, but the internet bandwidth at the main household is taken up a lot by Zoom classes or, for a lot or, of people. Or because you live in Vermont and you have, like, no internet. Internet is fine here. Internet is fine here. It's just that my brother's on Zoom, my mom has her stuff on Zoom, and my dad has calls on Zoom. It, 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 Zoom excuses. takes up bandwidth. Whatever, Steve. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week we'll have Pat Pitts on, and we are talking about the NFL draft. You are watching the Mac and Main Show. Thank you for listening to the Mac and Main Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mac and Main and like us on Facebook for updates about the show, news, and highlights around the world of sports. Make sure to listen to us Monday nights at 7 p.m. on 98.1 WQAQ or stream us live at WQAQ.com.